Alright everyone, how you doing? I'm Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast and here with me I have... Hello, I'm Stefan. I play for the Blast Austrian team. I'm captain for the men's team and I play mixed as well and I coach the women's team. You were My also... name is... Oh, sorry. Oh no, I was going to say you were also the MVP of the mixed squad, right? Yes, I am. Let the people know that, man. Come on now. Alright, All right. next guest... I'm Kati Weber, and um, I played for the women's and the mixed cloth team. Yeah. And you were also the MVP of what? The women's team, right? Yeah, correct. <laughs> Don't be modest now. Let the people know who we're talking to here. <laughs> so, I, so I brought these two on um, from Austria, and they have a very unique perspective in that not only did they play mixed together, but as you heard from uh, Steven, he also coached the women's and they secured gold in mixed and women's cloth. So we'll definitely get into that. So before we start the, um, well, our preliminaries for the recap would be simply put, and I'll start with Katie. Um, where were you when you got the news that you made Team Austria in two teams? Do you remember well, where you were, what the feeling was like? My story is actually a little bit different because I started this season with getting the news that I have an ACL and meniscus injury. Oh. And so for the longest time, I actually didn't even know if I was able to play at Euros or at the World Cup. And uh, basically, Stefan and Andy were kind enough to put me on the team without even knowing if I could play. So that was for Euros and basically back then the teams got picked or for um, the World Cup and the Euros. Wow. Um, you you want to get in? Like, have you fully recovered or do you still have more um, as, as far as rehab is concerned to go? Well, um, it depends how you see it. So I this time, because I've had that injury before, I decided against getting surgery. So I just did a lot of physiotherapy and yeah, so far it worked out fine. And I hope it stays like that. Wow. Um, I did not expect that. You're, you're tough as nails. Uh, <laughs> I. I I did not expect to hear that. I'm I'm sorry about your injury, uh, but I guess in the end I mean, you got you got a gold medal. Um, but let's talk about you, Stephen. Where were you when you found out? You, uh, so she said you selected her. So you're involved yeah. in the selection process. Yeah. So basically, the way it is like in Austria, it's like the the coaches um, make the decision who makes the teams. So for me, as I play and then my coach as well. So basically, I can pick myself, which is nice. Um, but now we are like five coaches for all divisions, and we pick the the whole squad first, and later on we decide who is playing in which division. So we basically pick the squad for both the Euros and the World Championships, and later on we pick the individual teams and decided who is going to play in what division which also changed from the Euros to the Worlds a little bit. Nice. So I was there. I was making the calls, basically. <laughs> you were make so you were making the calls. So you pretty much <laughs> had a hand in putting yourself as well as watching over uh, uh, Katie here and her recovery. So let me ask you, it's, it's safe to assume you had a lot of trust in Katie to be valuable and impactful, whether she played one or two games or, you know, or sadly not start the entire series. Yeah, definitely. So it it was like a bit of a dilemma because, of course, there are limited um, places in the squad. So for Euros, it was 12 people per division. So and we made an extra spot for Katie because we didn't know back then whether she would make it. So but we known Katie for a long time and we know if she can play, she's a valuable member of the team and she will bring something that is worth the weight and the risk, basically. So we have a really strong squad because so uh, 
We are, I think, six times European champions. So we have a lot of really good players on our women's squad. But still, Katie is a very experienced player. And she always brings something to the team, which we didn't want to miss if we had the opportunity to have her play. So what we basically did, we reserved the spot for her and picked a 13th player in the event that she could play or couldn't play. And for the European Championships, um, one of the girls just played mixed when Katie uh, was able to play. So when we saw in the trainings that she was fine and she was doing well, um, we decided when we picked the separate teams um, that she would play for the women's squad. So in the, in the Euros, we didn't play her in both teams because we didn't know how her knee would hold up during a competition. And then for Worlds, after seeing her perform and talking to her after the Euros, we decided to put her in both teams and it paid out quite good. <laughs> Needless to say, it did. Um, so let's talk about the training camps. Let's talk about after Euros, you guys secured um, a solid placing in Euros. Let's talk about pre preparing for Worlds and some of the rule changes and some of the format changes that you guys had to go through. And I'll start with you, Stephen. Um, what was the training camp between Euros and Worlds like? What would you say what was the overarching theme in, in, um, in Worlds? So I have to go back a little because we had, of course, everyone had COVID, so no one was training a lot. And it was oh. like that's been such a long time between the last international tournaments. So no one really knew what was going on, what the other nations were doing, how we were, how the players that had like three years of of sort of international break, how they would do compared to the other nations. So before the Euros, we really didn't know where we stood. So we were the defending champions in all three divisions. We just climbed up that ladder the last few years. And in 2019, we won them all. So we basically, we came from the top and suddenly everything stopped and we didn't know where we were anywhere uh, anymore. So before the Euros, we just tried to get back to our game and tried to get the squad back together. It was very intensive and it was just a lot of uncertainty. And then we played at the Euros and you said we we placed quite well. So we won the women's division. We placed second in the mixed division and third in the men's division. And those results are quite respectable. But the way we played just wasn't the way we wanted to play. So our performance, especially in the mixed and in the men's, wasn't what we wanted to do and as well we saw that the other teams like northern ireland especially really really took up their level stepped up and really played different better they really used the time off to prepare themselves and we just didn't so in the women's everything was fine we were still uh, winning and we actually played the best euros ever but in the other divisions, we just weren't there where we wanted to be. So the theme in between, I would say, was like catching up to the other guys again and finding our own rhythm again. Because our tactics just, they were advanced in 2019. But after that, everyone else was watching us and like preparing for us. And we don't know whom to look after. Uh, uh, whom to look after, up to and so we basically pretty much stayed the same with our tactics with the style of play and it just wasn't enough anymore because England and Northern Ireland just beat us to it and that was like the six weeks in between Euros and Worlds were really intensive because we tried to um, get as much um, training in and just change up a lot of stuff to get competitive again because we knew we had to face them again and so it was all about um, like uh, changing our tactics and improving them so we could be GP basically so that was the main goal we didn't know the other nations we knew probably that Australia and US and Canada would be good we knew the European teams but we just prepared for GP basically that says a lot about your standards when I mentioned that you finished well and you said, yeah, you had a gold in this division and, you know, a silver and bronze in, in the other categories. A lot of people would be happy with just that. But 
obviously Austria standards are up here. Like you don't want to just be in the top three podium. You want to be in the middle. You know what I mean? Like you want that the highest spot on the podium. And it sounds to me like the theme, as far as you're concerned, was redefining your meta. I don't know. Um, I don't know if either of you guys play uh, League of Legends. Um, <laughs> like for me, I'm a I'm a big fan. Uh, every three months, it's like the game kind of changes a bit. Like, okay, what's the newest hot thing? The the yeah. meta, so to speak. And it looked like you. Got, it sounds like you wanted to redefine your meta. You wanted to redefine not only just get back to where you were back in 2019, but to redefine being at the top getting there like giving something giving someone a, a new adjustment giving people a new set of problems to deal with because this isn't the same team this isn't the same format that you guys played with definitely so i don't play league of legends but i get what you're saying and it's basically exactly that so we we really wanted to evolve we just felt like we were um a step behind on everything and um we had to claw way up like the last eight years, we went up from being uh, 10th place in the European divisions with no chance at all at, to win anything and slowly crawled up, crawled up. And then we reached everything in 2019, which was really surprising. But it was like England and Northern Ireland and Scotland, the teams back then that and still are the teams that we had to beat. Um, like they were at the top so long and they didn't improve that much and we really showed a new style to the game a new level to the game and this year everyone else showed that they can improve as well and so the level was just way better um, throughout the whole um, European Championship so even the teams that weren't um, winning games or were coming in in the last few spots still improved a lot. So everyone played way better dodgeball and the whole tournament just showed that the cloth community as a whole grew a lot during those three years, even though we were very limited in the way we could practice and play. And that's just so the, the, the results, we weren't unhappy with the results. So, I mean, Northern Ireland, it was absolutely about time that they won those divisions and England played awesome as always. So I think a, a podium finish is what, what is what uh, we are aiming for. So we weren't sad about the finishes. They were okay. But the way we played and the way we lost to those two teams was just not satisfying, I would say. And mm. that wasn't the way we wanted to see Austrians trajectory. So uh, we that? had to do a lot of stuff. So we got to work and we didn't have a lot of time. There were lots of holidays in between. So it wasn't easy to get everyone on the same level, but we tried our best, best and I think it showed. It wasn't perfect, but it was way better than at the Euros. And I'm quite happy with that. Nice. Um, so, Katie, do you have anything you want to add to that? Uh, other than redefining the meta, what would you say is the... Uh, theme of training camp. Well, um, so theme. Um, I have to admit that I could not attend too many training sessions in between Euros and World Cup because I'm the only one who lives like five hours away from everybody else. Mm. Um, but yeah, we went to Italy for a weekend to train and play against the Italian squad, which was surely uh, an interesting and helpful experience to have a little bit of competition in between. But otherwise than that, it was mostly, I think, like for the mixed team that we start playing as a team again, because at the Euros, um, there was not so much harmony, I would say, as I've seen before. And yeah, it was just important that uh, the guys and the girls, everybody plays well together again. You, you, you mean chemistry, right? The chemistry I'm wasn't there? Sorry for the wrong word, yeah. No, 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 it's fine. I was just thinking like harmony, like maybe yeah. it's an American thing, but like when people say 
the harmony wasn't there. That just means there was a lot of internal conflict. Versus, no. Yeah, yeah. It's, That's it's more not what I was trying to say. No. It was just... <laughs> yeah, I was ball retrieving a lot for the mixed team at the Euros. And I just know that, like, at the Euros 2019, it was a great team. They, yeah, it, you could see from the outside they were strong and playing well together. And this time... It didn't seem so much like that, but I think this improved a lot and was much better at the World Championships. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to highlight something for the viewers. Sometimes, like certain words mean different things in different countries, so I wanted to kind of, you know, highlight that. Like that, she wasn't trying to say that there was any infighting in the organization <laughs> or the team or the scrimmages. Is just a certain uh, translate something that gets lost in translation. But because I talk to people all over the world, essentially on a daily basis, I was able to pick up on that. So I didn't want to. I wanted to dispel any rumors in case they were going to surface on that end for you. Um, you said you had a scrimmage with the Italian team. Yeah, exactly. So um, I don't know, like about twenty players of us went down to Italy for a weekend, and we did two days of matches against each other and it was also very useful because we were trying to deal with the new rules which caused a couple of troubles at the beginning so yeah it was really helpful to try that out and discuss about uh, rules changes which came up how did you guys adjust to the new like formats and new new change like how long did it take not not necessarily give away your trade secrets but more so like how long did it take you guys to understand that the court would be wider the neutral zone would be bigger maybe five more minutes added to the half i think it was just like the little things um yeah different so i think the court size was not too much of a change because um, I think a lot of us used the volleyball court already because you got the lines in every sports hall and it's much easier than putting loads of tape on the ground. So this, yeah, so actually this is the normal court size I train on. Really? Um, then the time I was first worried about, to be honest, but actually it didn't feel that much longer in the end. So I think this is something we can keep as well. Um, what was like a rule I still really don't like was like the deflection catch rule that the person who got hit doesn't have to go out. And it was also what I did wrong, what others did wrong, because we are just used, you got hit, you go out, you don't yeah. wait to see what happens, you are just out. Maybe, maybe it's just me, and, 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 I'll, and I'll, I'll ask Stephen what he thinks of this. I, I caught up on some of the uh, footage. It felt like some refs were calling it how you're used to, and some refs were calling it the new way. Is that safe to assume that there was a little, like, difference as far as what was being uh, officiated in that sense? Um, I mean, it's hard to tell because... The problem all over was that um, there aren't really many experienced cloth players in Canada or in the US. So there was a problem with the with getting enough refs already. And the refs that came over from Austria or Italy or Sweden or whoever ref are used to the other um, style of playing. So everyone had a rules checkup. Everyone read the rules. Everyone knew them. But... It's like if you have those instincts bred into you, sort of. <laughs> the same as it is for the players. So as you still see in the finals, people going out on our side because they got hit. And even though they are safe, they went out on instinct, which is stupid. But it happens because yeah. it's just in, in those situ situations, instincts sometimes take over. And I think that also happened for the refs, definitely. So I didn't really notice that as a player. But I think there were some situations where there were discussions or where someone wasn't sure of making one call and then correcting it. Um, I didn't really feel that as a player, that it was making a difference. But yeah, 
the the refing and the short time change of rules definitely was an issue for every team involved. But I think after five days of dodgeball, everyone everyone got them down decently. <laughs> but there were still mistakes made, so and costly mistakes at that. <laughs> but I think, as Katie said, um, most of the rules weren't that big of a difference because if the, whether the court is a bit smaller or bigger, we play in so many different um, sports centers in Austria that the size often varies. So as long as the throwing distance is the same, you adapt quite fast, I think. And the time is definitely a difference, but I personally really enjoy it because... I think it gives the the game more breathing time and there's a lot more time for ups and downs and comebacks and stuff. And you have just more time to experience the whole thing as a player, as a spectator. It's just, it doesn't seem so, so stressfully cramped into a short period of time. So I personally enjoyed it. I was worried at the beginning that it would be um, much more, um, are much harder on the players and that it's a big difference but playing it it didn't feel that much different to be honest it didn't feel that much different but the only difference would be how some refs were calling it how some refs kind of remember it and the ingrained instinct of if a and this is how we play it here just for the record whether it's foam rubber um, if a ball pops up and your teammate catches it you're safe Versus yeah. if a ball pops up, your teammate catches it, the catch still counts, but you're still out. Like, yeah. you just have to rewire your your uh, instincts in that in that end. Which, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, uh, no no one's gonna no one's gonna fault you for that. Like, you know, you went out thinking one thing, but in the very end, no one's gonna ever accuse you of being dishonest. You went with the rules in your mind how you were ingrained to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I don't think anyone will. Um, protested because we went out so that was a bad thing on our side <laughs> so no one stayed in actually so we just gave the opponent some advantage with the rules because and i still i still don't really understand why it is a rule maybe it makes more sense in cloth uh, in foam so i don't really understand it for cloth because in my opinion it just rewards something that isn't really it's it's a skill to catch the ball, so in my opinion, that should be rewarded. But it's still you making a hit, a good hit, and it's just unlucky that the ball pops up. So that's why I like the way it was before that the hit still counts. Um, but okay, the rules were changes were made, and I think everyone had to adapt to it. And uh, luck is pretty much evenly um, spread around the court over <laughs> five days. Um, so I could live with the changes. Um, yeah yeah um obviously you guys live with the changes you guys adjusted to the changes but let's talk about your first impressions when landing in edmonton um between the two of you who was who was the first one to land stefan okay it was me i didn't really know so i landed (laughs) one week earlier in calgary actually and then we did the classical stuff we went up to banff and in banff we did a lot of hiking and a lot of staring at green lakes and white glaciers, <laughs> hiking up mountains. And yeah, I just loved it. I was in Canada three years ago uh, with my wife and I just love Canada. It's it's like Austria, but on a scale like hundredfold and just mm. the wilderness and everything is just white and a lot of nature, not so many people. And yeah, it just feels really free and open and i really enjoyed that a lot so you say it was just like austria but bigger the scenic route and everything yeah basically so we have mountains we have lots of lakes we have glaciers but in austria it's like everything is really tiny when you compare it to canada it's like <laughs> i don't Not know really how fair comparison. austria fits into like <laughs> i think it's like the biggest lakes in canada are as big as austria so <laughs> except for the sea around it's pretty much like the same um but the same uh, nature of uh, i don't know what the english word is maybe katie can help me but it's like it's not another tropical area so it's pretty much the same climate at least where we went but um it just feels a lot bigger and really beautiful would you agree with that, Katie? Would you say that the 
the scenery was outstanding and maybe a little more vast than what you're used to out there? Yes, for sure. So especially the area he mentioned, um, I was not as smart as him to arrive that early to get <laughs> over my jet lag in time. Uh, oh. So I did all of that after the World Cup. But yeah, it was definitely impressive, I have to say. And yeah, really liked it. So you guys land, you guys went through your training camp, you guys get your teams together. Jet lag <laughs> being adjusted to. Um, what were the teams you were looking forward to facing? And we'll start with Katie because you played in two divisions. What teams were you looking forward to facing in both categories? So definitely Australia because I generally just love Australia. I lived there um, about 14 years ago and I really liked the people and it was, yeah, like uh, at the last World Cup, all the players are super friendly, super easygoing and all the games were, yeah, no matter how they ended, it was so much fun playing them and yeah great team big shout out to them for sure and yeah besides that um it was a big surprise as stefan mentioned earlier because um first of all we were part of the wda at the last world cup so we didn't know which players we were going to see again and face again mm. from australia from usa from canada so um, actually, we expected them to be strong, but we didn't really know what to expect. And yeah, then quickly we noticed that the USA was super strong. And yeah, those were really tough, tight games. But yeah, a lot of fun for sure. What about you, uh, Stephen? What, t what countries were you looking forward to facing? Um, definitely all the non-European countries. So I always love seeing the European countries, but since we saw them six weeks ago, um, it, was, <laughs> it was great seeing them again. But um, as a dodgeballer and just meeting new new people from all over the world is just a big part for me to the whole dodgeball experience, as I think it is for everyone. And as Katie said, like the uh, girls and guys from Australia, definitely the US and Canada, because we were expecting a lot of them and rightly so in the end. Um, also Mexico, I was really like um, looking forward to how they will play. I was really sad that there weren't any Asian teams or African teams this year in the cloth division. I hope next time there will be many more as well because yeah. as in the last tournament like the Malaysians were really strong um, and I think it's always great to just see how the cloth dodgeball scene develops in different countries on different continents because the European dodgeball scene is quite tightly knit so everyone is playing a bit of a similar, a similar style and it was really great seeing the way other nations that aren't as used to the cloth game as we are but who have definitely a lot of very experienced dodgeball players, how they would adapt. And that was great to see. And I think that was an awesome experience for everyone to like get to meet them and also to get to play them. I, I like how you said like you just saw these European teams six weeks ago, but you were looking forward to facing new blood, so to speak. <laughs> like definitely. You're like don't worry, guys. I love you guys, but I'm tired of you guys. I want to play. I want to play some new <laughs> I wouldn't say it like that because I know it's just, it's I was comedic. really happy at the Euros because we didn't see them in a long time as well. But Euros were just so intensive. It was the first tournament coming back, and it was it was just so many emotions. Everyone was so happy to see each other again, and it was such a great experience. And it just it felt weird to have that experience again six weeks later. It was just like I personally didn't really feel ready for it until it started because it was like after such a big tournament, all the preparations, the traveling, the partying, the playing. So you need some time or I personally need some time to just mentally um, recu recuperate from that. And this time we didn't get it. So it was it. 
it felt it just felt different this time. But once we were there and seeing like the sports hall there and the whole scenery, all the other players, the other nations, it quickly came back and it <laughs> felt great seeing everyone again. It felt great seeing everyone plus more. So yeah, uh, yeah. I was just being sarcastic about my previous comment. I know I you know weren't that. like bush <laughs> people, funny. but it was just kind of funny. Like I just want to play new teams. Like it was just yeah. the highlight of it. That was. That yeah, was it's fair enough. It is fair. You want to see dodgeball grow. Obviously, you have a person personal interest in cloth, and that's pretty much your your style, your bread and butter. You want to see how other people approach it in their first, second, or third go-around while you've been going at it for a long time. Um, so what would you say after day one? How would you how would you feel um, you guys did after day one? And we'll start with Katie. Well, the first day was mostly for adjusting to the setting of the tournament. So uh, I think we had our first game against the Australian women's team and it was so loud in the sports hall that we didn't hear the calls from the others and were like, okay, this just doesn't work this way. So probably from outside, it looked like we were randomly throwing balls around because we misunderstood calls. Uh, girls who were called didn't throw others did throw so um yeah that was pretty interesting but we adjusted to it and yeah actually the sports hall was great like that uh outside of the court was a different color than the court itself like it was clear where the court was and um yeah we don't have sports halls like that in austria so i think <laughs> i was pretty impressed that they had like 12 of them and uh yeah i think the first day was to get into the tournament and yeah we had some troubles at the beginning but i think we adjusted and it was going better than and everybody had arrived after the first day nice so um you said you had trouble hearing the calls was it was it because the fans were cheering super loud like just like it, it just blocked out whoever was calling it i don't know who it was i think it was a mix of people cheering for teams but also teams themselves and you could just hear the noise of probably the two other courts and the three courts on each side um or basically every court they played dodgeball on and so it was screaming shouting cheering and yeah our calls didn't get as far as two, three meters sometimes. And yeah, so it was I mean, a bit difficult, but we adjusted. <laughs> we lost our voices as in every tournament, but it was good. I, it, it just got, it's, it's kind of funny because like for me, it's just like, on the one hand, you want to have that kind of environment, almost like a Champions League type environment. You know what I mean? But on the other, it's just like, it's kind of annoying because you want to get your point across. You want to get the call right. You want to get your play right. You want to make your adjustments right. And you almost have to contend with the other court or the other ref whistle or the crowd in a way that kind of makes it feel like an away game, if that makes sense. It yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And it looks like you guys You're are happy if your own people cheer. But then if you have the noise from the other courts, it's a bit difficult, I would say. <laughs> what about you, Stephen? Would you would you echo a lot of the same uh, first day impressions? Yeah, definitely. So I wasn't playing on the first day, so I was only coaching. And I just saw it from the outside. So basically the first game was against the Australian women. And yeah, we really had to to struggle and reinvent the way we did our plays and like our calling system. And we just had to find a rhythm, how we did things, how we communicated on the field and just acclimate to the whole um, like sports experience over there because it was extremely loud. It was awesome because there was like so much energy in the whole sports hall there and it was great i loved it but it was really really loud so <laughs> some players really started using earplugs and stuff because it really <laughs> was that loud 
And for me personally, I love that kind of atmosphere, but it makes it harder on the court to communicate. So you have to be really disciplined and listen to each other and relay every call. And it worked out, but it took some time to adjust. So this actually brings up an interesting question. I hear a lot of things about how Euros is very festive and very like lively from start to finish. Would you say that Worlds is kind of similar in that sense? Having played yes, both events? No, I mean, I mean, the Euros are, I think, because of the uh, close relations we have to everyone. And even though every year there are new teams and new players and stuff, but like the core of the whole community really knows each other well and everyone knows someone and it like it feels like sort of a big family and like also we we make it a point like the austrian team you maybe heard the our boombox when we came in which we weren't allowed to play rightly so because in that sports hall it would have been catastrophic <laughs> but like um we always try to bring music and just good-natured um, atmosphere into the sports center um, so that dodgeball is for everyone to enjoy. So it's it has, on the one hand, the really competitive side, which is great, and I enjoy that a lot. And that has grown over the last years and got better and more professional each year. And that is awesome, but it's, it's also a very inclusive um, game of people who all do this um, because they love it. They don't get paid for it. They have to pay for it themselves. So yeah. that makes a really, even though everyone wants it to be more professional, and like maybe get money involved and stuff. But I think on the other hand, because it is the way it is, it's a really, really um, like raw and fair and like mm, it's a quality. I, I can't really describe it, but I think everyone does it because they love the sport and they love the whole experience and that really translates throughout the whole tournament throughout to the party to everything and that's a really big culture in europe and apparently also uh, in the world but and still i think at worlds it's just so big which is awesome but there are so many teams and with the two divisions it's still not as familiar and and not as closely knit, but you make um, new relations with different teams. We always have our bus parties, which are quite famous. And every time another nation got to experience it and hopefully enjoy it. And I think in the end, um, everyone partied together. And that's, in my opinion, a really big part of the whole experience. And I think that was great at the Worlds as it was at Euros, but it's still a bit of a different feel but a good one a good one yeah um i will say though it was kind of hard to recognize you guys on the on the stream without the boom box i'm not gonna lie as a viewer as someone who's been watching euros for over 10 years and such it's almost like your signature more almost more so than the talent and the depth of your squad it's like you know austria is there when you can hear austria so to speak like that yeah. house music <laughs> booming through the gym gets everyone going. I'm sure the commentators start, you know, jamming out at times, forgetting to call the, the match. The refs, I, I notice in some streams, like, the refs are, like, doing this, just, like, you know, kind of, like, they're supposed to be impartial, but their head nodding and everything to whatever you guys are playing on the sideline. So part of that was missed, but I understand, like, in that gym, it would have been catastrophic even more so. Um, hopefully we can get that fixed because uh, <laughs> it's part of your identity, man. It's part of your brand. We'll get it fixed for 2024, definitely. It is on home soil, right? Yeah. So the boom <laughs> box has got to be huge. Oh, really? <laughs> we'll make sure of that. You know, I'm not cutting this, so I'm going to hold you to this in two years. Definitely and, better. You better and, do that. And, and you'll most likely see me in Croatia, so I'm going to remind you to, to have that the biggest boom box set up ever. Please do. <laughs> Will do. So you guys have have adjusted. You guys have played your games day two. What would you say your your realization in day two would would be like, and how confident you were going into potentially the playoffs? And we'll start with Katie. Well, good question because um, I kind of start mixing up the days already, so <laughs> I. <laughs> 
Um, I don't really remember which games we had there. I just know uh, we made it through the group stages and um, yeah, I, I cannot really remember which games we had. To be honest, I haven't had enough time to rewatch the games besides the finals. So yeah, maybe Stefan can help me. Sure. As he coached some of the games as well. <laughs> okay, I try my best, Wait. so I always get everything confused because I coached the women's and played mixed and men's. So there were a lot of games to be played and coached. Um, I really remember as a player the game against um, the men's game against the US, um, which was like we were really hyped for that game because. We saw them on the first day and we knew it was our cross group game and we were really looking forward to playing them because they looked amazing and it was a great game. It was such a different style of dodgeball and that's probably one of the games I enjoyed the most playing the US and afterwards we played Australia, which we didn't watch before. We just played the mixed team. But their men's team was incredible. They were so fast and and again a, a whole different um, way of playing than the US. And that was really amazing. That those are the plays, uh, the games I remember as a player. And as a coach, I I just know that on the second day we really got into our rhythm. And the second day, day I think we pretty much smashed everyone because we just really got our confidence up. We adapted to the whole situation, to the rules. Everyone knew what the plan was. Everyone found his spot and everyone got over their jet lag. So it felt like we really started to get into our rhythm. And we made some really, really good plays. So that's the takeaway for me from the second day that we all of our teams um, found like their true rhythm and we started playing the way we wanted to and yeah it was a good day of dodgeball <laughs> you found your rhythm you've adjusted to the time difference you redefined your meta as we've discussed earlier and going into the getting out of the group stage safe to assume you guys felt confident across the board um so now i kind of want to flip the script and ask before we even talk about the finals in i guess two divisions now two categories any personal highlights you saw from Katie as a coach or as a teammate and vice versa, Katie, any um, highlights you would want to highlight about Steven and how well he performed or how awesome he was as a coach. And we'll start with Steven. Um, so I've seen a lot of highlights over the years, but I think the thing that impresses me most about Katie, even with or without an ACL is the way she moves on the dodgeball field like she's a really athletic person and she played way more in the middle this time usually she was more of a wing player but we put her in the middle this time because she has one of the best throws and is just an incredible dodger and also can make sicko catches just in every situation when you think we're down and things are not looking good for us katie just somehow makes catches everywhere just she's She's basically inventing catches right out of thin air. At least that's the way it looks for me because I'm not that big of a catcher. And just her all-around game. I think um, her Euros were really good, but um, she really deserved to get the MVP this time just because of her like constant play at the high level. I think in every game she played, she played on the highest level and performed. It didn't matter in which situation we put her. She always managed to find solutions and played just um, completely. I think I would say without watching <laughs> the footage right now, because you always can find things you want to improve as a coach or as a player. But looking back on it, it was like a perfect Euros, uh, a perfect world championship. <laughs> <laughs> It was also a perfect year for her because she didn't play in the mixed team then. But she she got the chance to play in the mixed team and everyone saw why because she really performed in every every game and that was awesome as a trainer and also as like playing next to her. You could always rely on her and that was awesome. So she played 
essentially out of position for Worlds and just snagging up catches when you really needed them the most on essentially one leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's what we call Avenger-like effort. Um, <laughs> Katie, what would you say uh, that um, you want to personally highlight from Steven as a player and as a coach during Worlds? Well, his accuracy of throwing, besides throwing very hard, is, yeah, it's really impressive. It often feels like he can hit a person, like if you point on five centimeters somewhere on the body, like he would exactly aim there and hit the person. And I also know it from myself when playing him in league, like <laughs> it can get really frustrating if you just get hit out every time he tries to hit you. And yeah, I especially also in the final, like every throw was a hit. And that was really impressive. And besides that, he is one of the brains in Dodgeball Austria. He really knows the game. He really understands the game. He always comes up with solutions and that's also great to have him as a coach because if it doesn't go that well he always has a solution and he always knows how to change things and how we can still beat the opponent and yeah in really important situations he can also catch if he needs to <laughs> that's one thing i did notice about you uh steven you're a marksman <laughs> You're yeah, I, I try to to throw <laughs> as seldom as possible, but when I do, it has to hit. Otherwise, it's a wasted effort. And I'm really unsafe <laughs> without a ball in my hand, so I really have to make it count, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're a marksman. Uh, you can hit people from 50 yards out or 100 yards out. Like that, if, if she tells you to hit this person on the, on the left hip, that left hip is gone. Like you, You're what we call a classified sniper in that sense. Um, <laughs> and also, yeah, I've heard a lot about your uh, IQ, your game IQ. I mean, I hear a lot of things about um, a Max, Max Mates, who I've interviewed last year, but I also heard a lot of solid things about you in a similar fashion. So safe to assume your impact is not just made on a continental basis, but a world basis as well. Now people know who you are. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> oh, they, they will. Trust me. People are going to listen to this. Um, so let's talk about the finals. Let's talk about how it felt once the whistle was blown. Wait, well, before we go into that, were you guys there during the blackout? No, I wasn't. I was actually taking the day off, and it was that was also a really big improvement from other tournaments that we had like a rest day before the finals. That was absolutely amazing because I've never felt as fresh in a final before. Usually it's the last game and I feel like an old man. <laughs> and this time we could really go into the finals as fresh players. And I think the level of the finals represented that as well. And that was something I really enjoyed. So I had to get out of the sports hall, even though I would have enjoyed watching the games. But I just needed a day in nature basically uh katie were you there during the the blackout or did you also take a time off to go into nature well uh we wanted to go there but some others were there already and told us um yeah we don't have to hurry uh we actually <laughs> went there afterwards because we wanted to watch the brass medal match um of the women's cloth division Mm. So this we saw, but uh, afterwards, uh, I also took a day off. And yeah, as Stefan said, it was super helpful. Usually uh, at the finals, I remember like in New York, I was there at the starting line and I was like, I don't want to run for this ball anymore. <laughs> like, I just don't want to. And this time... I was full of energy and it was very helpful to perform on the level we can perform and yeah. I was going to say if either one of you guys were at the blackout, which 
I, I guess apparently turned into a rave. That's talk about a missed opportunity to bring the boombox. Definitely. You're right. <laughs> like somebody somebody on the team or coaching staff had to had to think, like, you know what, let's all go out to nature. And then someone had to find out, oh wait, there's a blackout. We don't know how long it's gonna last. Let's just put some batteries in this boombox and get the party going. <laughs> get these people get these people amped. That's that's a missed opportunity, man. Yeah, could sure. have happened on the first day when we had the boom box with us. You know what? It should have happened on the first day because at least then there'd be a reason. <laughs> it'd be it'd be another reason to leave an impression behind, uh, other than your uh, success in in the cloth finals. So let's talk about how did it feel when you heard the whistle go off in mixed and in women's double zeros hit the clock. You guys won gold in two of the three cloth categories. And we'll start with Katie because she played on the mix and the women's. What did it feel like securing, in your case, double gold? Actually, I could not really realize it because it was something we waited for for such a long time. Um, especially in the women's division, we won the Euros the last five times, but we just never managed to get that gold medal in the World Championships. Mm. So this was, yeah, what we really wanted to have. And for me, the mixed gold was surely more a surprise. And yeah, after that very tight game, it was a big, big relief. Actually, it was Stefan who was with me on the court in the last set, 10 seconds to go. And yeah, I was like, please survive that first attack because <laughs> then we are safe. And he did. He got hit out on the second and then there were just like three seconds left. One more attack by the British. And I was like, you got to dodge for life and survive this one. And yeah, afterwards, it was a big, big relief. So you said initially you didn't realize what had happened, but then in the mix that you just, you knew right away, just survive for your life. Yeah, this was my task in the game, but afterwards it's like, okay, now we won, but it just takes a couple of days to really realize it. It took a couple of days, so it, you realized it in the moment, but it hasn't really sunk in for a bit. Exactly. And what about you, Stephen? I mean, you play, you played in the mixed finals, you coached the women's. How did that feel to essentially get, in your case, double gold as a player and a coach? Yeah, it felt great. I also played in the men's. I'm the captains of the men's team. But yeah. <laughs> um, I played the mixed game was the first game of the day, and uh, it was just the whole scenery it was in the in the basketball sports hall so it was a really great atmosphere a great court and those are the games we play dodgeball for i think so i i just love those moments and just when when you're standing there and know now it's time to go it's time to shine time to go for gold um <laughs> that's that's when i start to play that's what i'm there for basically and it felt great. I mean, uh, we had a lot to prove after our mixed uh, performance at the Euros. And we showed that we adopted quite well. And like for uh, especially the first half, which we won like 10 um, versus 2, I think. That was one of the best halves of mixed dodgeball that we ever played, I feel like. And they adopted in the half and... It got close, as Katie said, it was really close, much closer than it needed to be. But in the end, also, those close victories feel much better because there is such such a big pressure tank building over the whole game. And afterwards, it just releases and it just feels incredible. And so I really live for those tight games. I love them. As a coach, it's a much different thing. There are a lot very clear victories much more otherwise i get gray hair but as a player i i love to give my coaches gray hairs <laughs> how old are you Stephen? 
I'm 31. You look 21. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. You probably (laughs) didn't see my beard on the video. Barely, but this is audio. Four years. (laughs) No, I'm 31 and I'm starting to feel it, but I think for my style of play, it's still okay. So yeah, I'm still better than most of the young guys. And after I saw the US guys who are like, 35 to 40 and seeing them play for five days straight i feel like i've got a few more years left in me. <laughs> i mean you gotta think about it the u.s just started playing cloth so if they can play yeah. well into that age i mean i expect to see you when you're 15 60 on the court yeah. you'll see. play with gray on your hair as a player and as a coach <laughs> or without hair who knows what's up or without hair <laughs> I'm already, I'm, I'm almost yeah. there. I mean, good thing this is an audio podcast because uh, I do, my hair is starting to fall off a bit, partly due to stress, but mostly due to age. Um, <laughs> so, it, it, obviously, you guys accomplished your mission. You guys secured two out of the three gold medals, one of them being to Great Britain, who's, as a nation, is a historical rival to you guys. You guys always seem to have a classic matchup. It's never a boring matchup between the two nations. What would you say your biggest takeaway, other than your gold medals, your biggest takeaway from otherwise a historical event where we bring two different ball types together and have six different divisions? Okay. So I think the biggest takeaway from the whole event was like dodgeball just took it up a notch. I mean, it was the biggest event so far and it was at a great venue. It was... A great atmosphere. It was great organized. Um, it was a, a really good competitive level and a, a really good showcase of the sport. I think the streams were good. I think the whole the the whole um, event, the whole setup, really set the standard for future events. And I think that's been like the story of the last few events. That every event beat the last one. And I think as a takeaway, especially as the host nation of the next Worlds, I think we really have to step up our games because there was a lot done right there. And um, I think there were some issues, of course, because it's such a big um, event and especially bringing the two um, forms of dodgeball together. There was a big, uh, a big task, but... And I think we there are lots of small details we can improve on. But overall, it, the takeaway for me is just that dodgeball arrived at a really big, big quality level where we can really show the world what the sport is made of. And that is just a great game, a great community, and also a very professional setup. And the standard is really... Um, trans uh, like transpires through the stream through everything if you see the end product it's like a really professional quality product and i think something that everyone can enjoy as a player as a spectator and that's what i want to progress in the future and get even better than it was this year for sure for me personally that was like the biggest takeaway and on a on a like competitive note, I think the takeaway was that everyone is training, that everyone is playing, everyone wants to compete, everyone is hungry for the title. I think the international teams, especially the US, but also Canada, Australia, all are hungry for more. And now they've seen the European style of dodgeball and I think they're gonna give it their best to adapt to it and find new answers. And they definitely have the quality of of players in their nations they have a lot of quality to sort out of and take their best players and i think they will be gunning for gold every one of them and i think in two years time it dodgeball will be on another level again and it will surprise us where it will be then and i really personally really look forward to seeing it and playing it for sure what about you, Katie? So uh, I really liked how well it worked bringing these two types of dodgeball game together in one place. And 
I think it was great for cloth players to see how like the real high level foam dodgeball looks like and the other way around. And I think most of the players only saw it on some streams before and I also got to coach the mixed foam team of Austria. Oh wow. So I yeah also got some more insight into foam dodgeball and it was surely interesting and yeah I think it's a very important thing to have these two together because um, in Europe you have cloth dodgeball mainly and in America, Canada, Asia, you mostly have foam dodgeball and you can never just get to one kind. So it's important to unite those. And yeah, I think it's also important to adjust some rules that it's a bit easier for viewers to understand both kinds of dodgeball. But I think it was surely a good start. The venue was amazing for sure. And yeah, I think the community grew again, as Stefan mentioned, the level rose again. And I think still everybody knows what to work on until next World Cup. And it was a great atmosphere and yeah, surely an amazing event, I have to say. That it was. Um, I'm still catching up on some of the day one, day two and day three matchups, but it was well put together on all streams. Um, there were hardly any issues other than maybe a couple of the sound issues that you guys uh, pointed out earlier, as far as like whistles from other courts affecting this one and, and such. But um, the next one's gonna be in your backyard. And I know you guys already mentioned, we're gonna have the biggest boom box system ever. And I'm looking yep. forward to that personally. But are you guys ready to state your case right now? You guys are gonna retain your titles and go for the GB men's as well? Definitely. I think we left a lot to be hoped for, or I don't know how to say it, but like the men's final was for me personally the only game we really didn't bring it. And we were defending champions. And I mean, that GP is an amazing team with like an all star lineup. Everyone knows that, but, but still, the way we lost that final. There is a lot to, lot, a lot to, to avenge. Um, yeah, a lot to avenge for <laughs> in the next two years, though. And yeah, I think it's gonna be it, it's gonna get tougher each year. We got two goals this year, which is amazing, and we're gonna try to get three goals next time around. But I think we're not gonna be the only ones, so it's gonna be a hard task. But we're gonna <laughs> try, give it our best, and then we'll see at the end of the day what will be there but i think the men's title that hurt us a little that we gave that away in that fashion apart from that i think we can we can look back at those these world championships with uh like we're really proud about it and everyone played good we we showed what dodgeball is like in europe and yeah now we have some time to prepare and try to stay ahead of the other teams. Nice. Uh, Katie, you, you want to run it back? You want to get those titles back? Of course, who wouldn't like that? <laughs> but I think there are a couple of nations who don't agree with that. And I think everybody is going to train hard, rewatch the matches, and let's see in two years. I don't know what's going to change, but like every year, better tactics got developed and the level rose and rose. So, um, yeah, so I guess Stefan needs to get creative again and make up some new tactics so we don't get stuck on our current level, but still improve. And let's see where it leads to. But it's, of course, what we would like to do. Especially sure. if we play in Austria and hopefully have a lot of our friends and family watching there. <laughs> I better see nothing but Austrian flags in the stands. I better see that Champions League type of environment. And um, I, I'm, I have no doubt in two years you guys are going to redefine the meta. 
and uh, we'll maybe see another classic GB Austria finals in that category because even though you say you left a lot on the table, that matchup is never boring. I can say this as a fan of the sport. I can say this as a fan of both players on both teams and both programs. It's always it's always a beautiful thing to watch. And, you know, I don't have any gray hairs from it because I'm not Austrian. I'm not British. But as a fan, like I enjoy, I enjoy matchups like that. So hopefully we'll see that again in two years' time. All right, and that was my recap with um, Stefan and Katie. Thank you so much for hopping on and sharing with us your perspective on the mixed and the women's cloth team. Um, congratulations on winning gold in both of those. And looking forward to the uh, event to take place in Austria, in your home turf. So we'll see how that, that works out for you. Um, looking to have, now that I have my order situated, I'll have Malaysia on next. And that should round up my recap series for the international um series uh, as far as uh, world recap is concerned i'll get back to my solo interviews so if you listened up to this point thanks so much and have a wonderful day